Hey everybody, this is an editor's note from your girl Tiffany and I just came in to tell you guys, number one, that we are aware of all of the stuff that is going down in WWE from Vince McMahon and John Laurinaitis being investigated by the board to Sasha Banks allegedly being released by WWE. And of course, I am well aware of um, and the tea about Vince McMahon and Linda McMahon not being together anymore and being separated for quite some time, not even living together. This is some messy stuff. Plus, there's a rumor out about Kevin Dunn possibly doing some insider trading. So we got our whole next episode ready to roll, ladies and gents, and it will be coming soon, I promise. So we haven't forgotten and we are not not aware we are fully aware of what's going on in the wwe and the iwc in general we're fully aware all right now one thing that i do want to address in this episode it's supposed to have the jeff hardy segment in it but that is going to be in the second half of this podcast all right i had to split them up because it was getting a little bit long and i know sometimes people don't want to listen in two hours okay so this episode is going to cover some um squeamish stuff if you are not you know a fan of talking about injuries then i would skip the part with cody rhodes and we are going to be talking about um his pectoral muscle and everything like that. So I wanted to make sure I covered that. Give you guys a short disclaimer. Make sure you guys follow us um, on our social media at Down for the Count 19 and at D4TC underscore podcast on Instagram. At Down for the Count 19 is our Twitter. Um, if you want to hear our immediate thoughts on Sasha or on the situation between Vince and John Laurinaitis, then you can follow me on my personal account. The girls are usually over there on a weekly basis and I go live every week that is at site design tv too and you can come over there and listen to us talk about it first time that's usually the first time we get to talk about it and then we come over here we're able to gather our thoughts a bit better and have a better conversation on the podcast so with all that being said I hope you guys enjoy this episode and look out for Jeff's because it's coming up next all right welcome back to down to the count ladies and gents as always, I have the ladies here. We've got Nicole and Alexis, and this time we brought back Rico because hey. Rico, you know, Rico and Donnie are unofficial members, and they come and go as they please. Okay, they don't, they don't do the work. They just come and reap the benefits. That's how That's they. Why the Republicans right? call me a freeloader? I can't. Oh, anyway. <laughs> Party. Are we, this is really how we're gonna start off. Okay. Yeah, I'm leaving it in because he said it. I didn't say it. Right. <laughs> don't come for me this time. I didn't say it. <laughs> it's okay. I can joke about myself. <laughs> we have a fully loaded show, so we're gonna talk about um, NWA Power because Alexis went and she had a blast. I'm gonna let her go off about that because that's good and I want to talk about something good first and get the good stuff in and then we'll go into the shit because the shit has hit the fan or the IWC and it all came out Monday. Mondays are horrible for wrestling. For whatever reason, Mondays and Wednesdays it's always some bullshit. So we're going to talk about before we record or after we record it's never like, you know never gets on the same fucking wavelength. Yeah, it always comes out. It usually is after. Yeah, we it's always, always after. We always do it, and then something something else comes out, and it'd be bigger than what we recorded. Then we have to double back and do new shit. 
anyways, we're going to talk about the MVP and Jericho situation and try to clarify a few things because there's a lot of misinformation, a lot of rumor and innuendo, and then there's some truth in there somewhere. We're also going to talk about some old tea about Michelle McCool that Freddie Prince Jr. was talking about some weeks ago that we never got around to, but we need to talk about it. And we're also going to talk about the Thunder Rosa controversy, about her sandbag and Marina Schaefer. And we're going to give you a full rundown of Jeff Hardy, the update um, from AEW, the response from his brother, and Rebby Hardy's bullshit TikTok that she posted. We're going to talk about that all, but we're going to start with NWA Power first. So, Alexis, the floor is yours, dear. Okay. Uh, so, I had the honor of getting able to see NWA come through Knoxville this weekend. They were here um, Saturday and Sunday. So they have this pay-per-view always ready. Uh, fortunately, could not get the tickets to that because it was sold out. But I did get tickets uh, for me and Harley to go see the Sunday taping. They actually released one of the shows. Uh, of course, they kind of split the shows up because, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just TV editing. Uh, the main event for the show that's out now wasn't the main event from the first show. It was weird. But... Um, you can definitely, it's on YouTube now. You can definitely see Harley and a lot of the shots. Um, we had an absolute blast. I'm not going to spoil anything for anybody because I want y'all to watch the show. It's not like that, but we had a blast. Um, she met Camille, and I got to tell you, it was the cutest thing. We went to the lobby, and Camille was sitting there doing uh, autographs and stuff, and Harley runs up to her, like, breaks away from me. She runs up to her, she goes, you want to be a wrestler, and I want to be like you when I grow up. Aww. Oh, that's so young, sweet. My heart, like, fucking melted. And I was just, like, ready for this woman to go, whose child is this? Like, um, but, like, the way she was looking at Camille and Kaylee and all the women, like, tied out free, all of it, it was, like, looking at her was, like, when I first saw China for the first time. Because she told me a week after school let out, there was a little boy on the playground who was making fun of her because she was the tallest girl in her class. And of course, mom wants to fight. I am not above fighting a six-year-old. Don't think I'm not. <laughs> and uh, so when she saw, you know, most of her friends are, you know, short and tiny, but like me and my husband, he's a big guy. I'm a fucking Amazon. So, you know, she's not going to be, like, you know, a girl. But when she saw women like Kyle Valkyrie, when she saw Camille, uh, and she was just, like, the way she looked at them was, like, the way that I looked at China when I was a kid. And it just, it fucking melt my heart because it's, like, she has women wrestlers to look up to that aren't just there for, like, sex appeal. And she had a blast. Like, she was yelling at people. Um, I forgot who it was. At one point, she's like, Mom, can I say the J word? And I'm like, sure. Because I had no idea what the J word is. And she yells, you're a jerk! I love it. That's the worst thing you can say. But the shows are really good. Um, you can actually see Harley because she'll stand by the gate. 
when the or where the ramp where the wrestlers come out and all that. The coolest part though was at the end of the tasting. Well, the whole show was cool because uh, she loves Chelsea Green now. She loves her eyeshadow. Let me period. Real recognizes real. <laughs> and uh, she was tag. She was teaming up with Maxine Taylor, and when and genocide was there. That was cool seeing that. And when Max came up the ramp, I said, hey, Max, cool Max. They looked at me and growled. I just started laughing. I'm like, oh, that's fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, but at the end, my 90s kid came out because Billy Corgan came out. Because I was standing there with Harley next to the, the ramp. Like, like, I'm like, oh, you know, let's go look up with our friends who went with us. And Billy Corgan walked out. And it's like, I'm like, holy shit, this is like the lead singer of one of my favorite bands. And he just walked right past me. And he does his, you know, thank you for coming out. We're going to try to start having more of this in Knoxville, which I'm fucking excited for. Please come back to Knoxville. We absolutely loved it. And he walks up. I'm trying to get a picture of him. I get one picture, and my phone fucking dies. And Harley, like, sticks her hand out. She has no idea who Billy Corgan is. Well, now she knows who Billy Corgan is. At the time, she's just like, oh, here's some dude that my mom is, like, really freaking out about. And he, I wish I got a picture of it. He double fist bumped her. And I go, Harley, I go, do you know who that is? And she's like, no. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> it, was so, it, was, it was cool. And then while we were waiting for my friend's wife in the bathroom, Nick Aldis uh, walked right past me. <laughs> And I basically became like Deku for my hero academia because I'm like, oh my god, this Nick all this, oh my god, this Nick all this. No one looked at him, no one saying anything. Like, you know, like they were down at the ground. And my one friend's just like, hey Nick, thanks. Because he's not in his work gear, you know. He's he's got a dress and mask filled. They got to do the next couple of tapings there. And he's just like, hey Nick, thanks for the great show. And Nick was Nick Aldis was like, yeah, cool man, thanks for coming out. And it is, like, all in all, it was, a, it was a really good show. Um, if you ever get the chance to go to an NWA taping, please go. Because it is the most fun you will ever have. And, like, just from, like, a mom perspective, I freaking made a poor memory with my kid. And she'll never forget that. Like, yeah, definitely go. Take friends with you. You know, it, it was a good time. And I'm always going to remember that. I'm always going to remember my daughter calling Blue Ray a, uh, a stupid head. So, you know, that's in my book. <laughs> I'm glad you had a good time. And I'm glad NWA put on a really good show for you. And Harley, we love Harley around these parts. Well, you know, and, uh, Nicole, you are a good influence on me because Nicole always talks about. You know, when she goes to wrestling events, she likes to dress up and she wants the floor seatings. And so I was going to buy like the seat seat tickets for me and Harley, but I'm like, you know what? No, let's do like, what would Nicole do? So I bought like third row seats. <laughs> what would Nicole they do? Were <laughs> they were. All right. I mean, I'm sorry. This is going to sound like it's like if I'm going to spend the money to go on a show, go to a show. I might as well sit front row or as close to front row as possible. And this is just for my enjoyment because I, you know, everything's literally like right there. 
And if it's like, you know, one of those days, if it's like, it's one of those days, like you feel great, you're like, oh, I want to participate. Or day you're like, or if you're like, you know what, I just want to watch it up close. I feel like it's just good. Well, in the seats, like, honestly, the seats for NWA were, like, so the front row VIP, which got to a Q&A with the wrestlers before the show started, was, like, 40 bucks. That was sold out. And then, like, um, from, like, the second row was 30. No. I ended up paying, well, no, because I got, so we sat basically in the <clears> third row. And they were forty bucks for two tickets. Swamp road. That's not bad. No, and I, I mean, it, it was really good because we were on. Which is nice because they when we, okay. So if you watch NWA that they posted today, five out three fights, Karen Terrell, and they edited me out because I was screaming like crazy during that. <laughs> we love Kaya. Kaya Valkyrie. Kaya, if you are listening. If your husband's ever a dumbass and he decides to leave you, hit me up. That's all I'm gonna say. <clears throat> she is so pretty. Like she's beautiful in pictures, but when that man loves her. But when you see her in her right. life, she is so breathtaking. I was like, Oh my god. You'd have so to like, fight him. Oh, yeah, because he is he's, a, he's definitely in love with Tyre. Yeah, you might fight, fight him. I'll fight Taya for that entrance piece she got. That looks dope as shit. <laughs> no, I remember I a while back when they were talking and they were asked, like a lot of fans were shitting on her because they got married and they were like, why would, why would, why would he want to be with her? It was a real big thing, and I was just like, oh, I remember that. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Taya Valkyrie is one of the most out of all of the female wrestlers that are her size and that can wrestle. She's one of the prettiest. And I was just like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, I see a beautiful woman here. But if you, I didn't get you it. listen, if you listen like really, really carefully though, you can hear someone screaming, wear a loca when you watch YouTube. <laughs> and that's me. And I'm like, oh, look, they left something of me in here. Holy shit. Like, okay, cool. I love that <laughs> she did that when she was in AAA. So, La Huera Loca, love that. Loca. And I was trying to get, I was like, I was freaking out. And I was looking at me like, mom. Calm down. Y'all know like, what that oh, means, by the way? What does that mean? Crazy white girl, right? Yeah, crazy yeah. white girl, that's what it means. But she doesn't spell it right, because then, at least from where I'm from in El Salvador, it's spelled uh, with a G, I'm pretty sure. It's hmm. G-U-E-R-R-A. So, where that Probably first said it. Yeah. Probably. And also, it was it started off as a slur. Well, I mean, most names do <laughs> yeah well and it's like people are like she's cultural she's cultural appropriating because of that name and we are so many people are do you even know what that means i thought right because i'm like, like that's what you that's what we call white people we're like oh we need a sawarita well i thought because it was where loca i thought it was like she wolf or crazy wolf or something like that but oh because where okay yeah yeah, but you know, I'm, I'm a hit, what we call so, werewolves. You know. But um, no, I mean, like, I paid forty bucks for the tickets. We had great view, and we ended up moving towards the ramp just because we got we were in the rowdy section. And at first, it was pretty cool because you know, 
it's Harley's first major promotion she's going to, so I want her to get the full effect. But by right. like the end of by the by the taping of the third show, those guys had gotten a lot of beer in their system. Oh, and then they started saying things. They started because it's like I'm like okay, I I know wrestling fans can get rowdy or whatever, but and I would be right there with them. But see, I was also in mom mode, right? Because and they started saying something that started with an N, and I was like, oh Oh, no, we we need we need to go, we need to go, excuse me. Yeah, there there was some. I don't remember what match it was. When I see it again, I'll probably be able to tell you. But I heard them. Um, I heard them. They didn't say it loud, but there was a black athlete in the ring, and they started using a word that started with an N and ended with a hard R. Oh, the hard R. Yeah. Oh, so I just okay. Harley, and I'm mask like, off. I see. Yeah, Ooh. and I was just like, oh, okay. So I just grabbed Harley, and I'm like, hey. And I played it off, like, real cool. And I'm like, hey, you want to go over there so you can stand by the railing and get your hands slapped by a wrestler? She's like, yeah, let's go. I'm like, cool, let's go. <laughs> and I was just like, we need to get the fuck away from here. And I text my friends. I'm like, hey, we're moving because these guys are saying some stuff I don't want her to hear. And they're like, oh, completely understandable. Do your thing. And I'm not, you know, and unfortunately that happens at like every wrestling event. But um, I would normally Probably think why I had it. Hold on. I had my kid with me. So, um, yeah. So, oh, speaking man. of which, I need to go check on her real quick. So, if y'all want to move on to the next topic, I will be right back. Okay. Of right. course. So, when Alexis gets back, I'll let her have the opportunity to speak on this because she really wanted to talk about it. But this is about Michelle McCool. Now, to Nicole's uh, I've been saying this. He's always said that Michelle McCool has been blocking people's paychecks I, for years. I, I, I will say this again. I have been saying this for years and I mean years this is pre-podcast fucking years yeah sure (laughs) I have been saying this I said that I was like again and I won't go into the whole Bella thing so I know everyone that's everyone's favorite subject but I because people are trying to talk about the Bellas I was like the Bellas were messy to an extent but I mostly blame her parents I mean her parents I mean Johnny and her mom and I feel like Johnny used them as a scapegoat to get out of some of the decisions he made. But that's yeah. my opinion. But, I'm, but that's um, a different time or place. So besides that, I was like, y'all sitting there talking about saying the Bellas have blocked all these people and so-so's checks and stuff like that when you're all, it's like all your favorite sis, Michelle Lapool had did it for years. And to so many p- people, but no one wants to talk about that. To her credit, she was one hundred percent right. And Freddie Prince Jr. came out with um, an interview. He was um, well. He was doing his wrestling with Freddie on his podcast, and on the episode because this was around June first that this 
article came out and on an episode that he did, he was talking about one of the storylines that he wrote, which had to do with karma and Beth Phoenix. And it was supposed to culminate at a match at WrestleMania. And the way this was supposed to follow, the way that it didn't go, the reason why it didn't go to Mania or that karma didn't go where she was supposed to go outside of, you know, her getting pregnant and all the other stuff was mainly because of The Undertaker and Michelle McCool. So I'll explain it to you by how he said it, and then we can talk. So according to Freddie Prince Jr., he's laying out the details of how Karma was supposed to debut and then how Michelle McCool reacted to her dropping the title to Karma. If you don't know who Karma is, that was her name in WWE, but she went by Austin Kong in Impacts and in other promotions. All right, so Freddie Prinze Jr. said, and I quote, I had Michelle losing the Divas Championship at the Royal Rumble, which happened a few months before Mania, and I had her losing with dignity, and I had her giving us an actual match against Karma. I was at the company for maybe four months, and I didn't realize the belt meant so much to so many people. It didn't mean that much to others. If they had the Intercontinental title belt, they weren't really in on when they were going to lose or not. He says, I go to work, and somewhere in the arena backstage, Michelle comes up to me and says, Stephanie says you want to talk to me about the women's storyline. We sit down in the cafeteria off the side, and I start pitching to her what it's going to be. I wasn't right. It wasn't right on my part. I get to the Royal Rumble. <coughs> And I explained to her that the, the suggestion is that she drops the title to the Royal Rumble, at the Royal Rumble, excuse me, and then I keep telling the story of where it finishes because she deserves to know the whole story. It gets all the way to WrestleMania, which would be Beth and Karma, and her face just goes pale. All the color drops right out of her skin, and right away, I know I've done something terrible. I just don't know what it is yet because this is hindsight and I was in the moment. So I go, what's wrong? Her eyes well up and I'm like, what did I do? What did I do? And she said, I didn't think I'd be losing the belt before Mania. She was upset and in hindsight, rightfully so. So he says, um, he then decided to, he was very, you know, caught up by Michelle's passion and how she really wanted to be a part of that or whatever. So he changed the storyline. He says, and I quote, here I am with the champion. She's crying because of me because I didn't talk to her first to say, hey, we're thinking of taking the title off of you at the Royal Rumble so we can get this other. That just sounds horrible when even saying it now. So I screwed up before I got the story approved. I probably should have shown it to her. Although when you hear the end of the story, it probably wouldn't have gotten, would have gotten killed even sooner. I don't know what the right move was here, but I know I screwed up and she deserved better than that. So shortly after the story, Undertaker gets wind of the story because Michelle texted him, obviously. And then prior to it, she, Karma was supposed to debut at a specific time. I want to say she was supposed to debut a year before she actually debuted, Okay. And the vignettes that they had were Freddy's. That was his idea. The Barbie dolls, well, it was baby dolls that we saw. They went with like baby dolls, cabbage patch like dolls that Karma had and she was destroying. The idea was for her to be destroying Barbie dolls. 
because um, the Barbie dolls were kind of what Kelly Kelly represented and some of the other girls. So it was meant to be symbolic and lead up into her destroying Barbara, you know, which is Kelly Kelly and going in and destroying the other girls who kind of represent that diva's aesthetic. It was meant to tear it down, right? Mm -hmm. So after all that shit, they got approved. The story that Freddie wrote did get approved, but once The Undertaker got wind that Michelle was going to drop the title and she was quote-unquote so upset about it, the story got killed before it could even get started, which derailed karma, okay? And that's why she didn't get out the blocks the way that she did. But according to Freddie, he said, Michael Hayes told me, he says, Freddie, there's a problem with your Diva storyline and we need to talk to you about it. He goes, it's gone. I go, what do you mean it's gone, man? And he goes, it's gone. I said, what happens? He goes, well, Michelle said that you and her talked and she didn't really like, really like the story. So it's gone. He goes, Freddie, she talked to Undertaker. Undertaker talked to Vince. Story's over. So essentially... Michelle McCool killed the story because she didn't like the fact that she was losing the title. Now, to clarify some things, when Freddie saw that she was upset about her losing the title, he changed how the Mania match would end up. Instead of it just being Beth and Karma, it was going to be a triple threat at Mania. But the end result was still going to have Karma being the champion. Okay, and then mm -hmm. he said it would proceed to Karma and Beth fighting it out by themselves. He felt like Michelle deserved to go to Mania. She had been champion this whole time, and he felt bad because he was like, "I'm cutting her out." The bitch killed the story because she was not a part of the end result of it, and because she was not going to remain champion after Karma got there. So she killed the story. She killed that woman's opportunity. This is why I say, look at how Karma debuted. Karma didn't debut until after that mania. She debuted after that. By then, the Bellas were champion. When she started having her, her run, the Bellas had, one of the Bellas was champion at that time. And then Karma got derailed because she got pregnant. And then she was gone. Never saw her again. So had Michelle McCool had to just yeah, step aside for a little bit, the bitch had been champion multiple times over. She didn't, she didn't need the championship, okay? Had she had just cooled out and let somebody else have some shine, things might have progressed a little differently in the women's division. And somebody like Karma being there could have been a major influence on a lot of people. But you see what happened. So that is very disheartening because I would have loved to see Karma as champion, especially at WrestleMania. But we had to wait years upon years to see somebody like Nia Jax as a champion. Um, and no shade to her because as a person, she's shitty, but the big mm -hmm. girls don't get seen. We don't get to see them. You see Piper is on the main roster and you rarely see her. Um, so when you don't get representation like that, like it's bad enough that the black girls 
have to fight for, for representation. The Latino girls have to fight for representation. The Asian and East Asian girls have to. It's it's a constant battle. And the typical white girl is always seen, and it doesn't matter because white women tears happens and boom, everything gets shut down and it's protect and protect and woo woo woo. And I'm just like, bitch, you're crying because you're gonna drop. You're fucking crying because you're gonna drop the title. Because I already think you're coming back. Don't really. I'm gonna say something. It's gonna sound real fucked up, but karma got her because that bitch got skin cancer. Oh my See, god! I was I was thinking something like that, but I don't want that to come back on me though. Rico, no. I'm just if no one else is gonna say, it, I'm gonna say it. I'm not gonna I'm, say that. I mean, okay, so if we're saying inappropriate shit, I'm really gonna say this. The only reason she had she had that power was because who she was fucking. Let's be. But that's not right. Like, it's not right, and I don't give a shit. Like Undertaker doesn't. Look, Undertaker needs to mind his fucking business. That's number one. Number two, if it was him, he would have had his own issues, right? Like, you're in here, your wife, first of all, this woman was not your wife. You was fucking her, okay? Those are two totally different things. She became your wife later, all right? My thing is, why are you worried about a division that you don't even compete in? It has nothing to do with you. And then when you when you're you're trying to enjoy the program and it could have progressed, but Michelle was causing more problems than not. She was the reason, and that's why Beth Phoenix slammed her on her face. That's why, because mm-hmm. you meddling in people's business. Right. That's why she slammed you on your face. You sit up there on the end and you talking about I still don't know to this day. Yes, you do. You know, you know why that woman slammed you on your face because you earned it. You deserve I that. You got that too. ass whooping today. I just slammed you on your face too. Cause you, cause that was a bag you messed up for her and for Karma. Because Beth Venus wasn't on Mania that year. Then no, she wasn't. You messed up her money. You messed up Karma's opportunity to be one of the probably one of the biggest female villains in WWE, in best female villains in WWE history. Mm-hmm. And then you made Freddie Prince Jr. feel like he did something wrong for the story that he wrote. He didn't do anything wrong. Titles change hands for the most dumb reasons all the fucking time. No offense to Dolph Ziggler, but did he really need to win the NXT title and have it for a month and then drop it back to Breaker? I was okay I mean, with that. As much as it seemed dumb, Breaker needed to have better challengers. And Dolph Ziggler kind of Shit. That was a good swerve. That was a good swerve. I mean, it was it was it was a short lived, but it was a good damn swerve. They did something that was different, and it worked. Ziggler being champion wasn't exactly the greatest thing, but it was a good fucking swerve, and it kind of shook. It was a, a good bit. swerve in hindsight. It did it what it needed to be. It added it added a little spice to Braun Breaker. Because yeah, when I tell you damn. that won't beat the fuck up. Like, no, they didn't get his shit to Dolph Ziggler. I cannot believe it. And we got to see his ass on live TV. Oh, my God. And we heard it play out while we were recording. I think that's probably one of my funniest, like, my favorite things. You're just like, what the fuck is going on while we're recording the episode? (laughs) (laughs) Nicole was like, like, shut the fuck up. 
Like, she's like, okay. I'm like, wait. She was in the middle of talking, and she was like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> and then like and then you were watching and nicole was watching but alexis wasn't so y'all were reacting and alexis was like what what's going on what's going on <laughs> like dawson just won the championship she was like no way i'm like oh god we're all yelling at the tv here but like go, going back to michelle like that that really that was like, like that's legit fucking pissed me off and I'm just like, girl, I mean, I wish I had some sort of, was she married to Taker? Are you sure she was just messing around with him at that time? I don't think or she were they married. married yet. I, don't, I don't think they got married until after. I don't remember she if she was married to him yet. I don't think she was because they were messing around. I remember when he had covered up that tattoo on his neck from his first wife, but he hadn't divorced her yet. Hmm. I don't know. He always marries women who look the same. He has a type, but it's just like, I'll, what? What made he love himself? Then build a bitch, bitches. Mm-hmm. But what? It, it's just, just like okay, I get it. I get it. Champions don't want to lose. What was that plank of wood? Was it plank? Yeah. May Nicole go to here. I have I have a meme for that. Hold on. Okay, no, I just, just want to know what made what made her so special. Like out of every single girl in that back locker room, and I get it. Champions don't want to lose before Mania because they at least want to walk in with the title before Mania. I get with at Mania, I get that. But what made her so freaking special? That you think anybody was gonna fuck right? anyone else back there was gonna fuck Tinker? Somebody had to. <laughs> You know, you know who could have How does she you do know, that? How does she pull on that rat tail and just know he's the one? I don't understand. You know how? I mean, she she's happy because she gets a, she gets that. I mean, I'll play devil's advocate and say she probably loves him for what he provides. And at some point, he had she got a she fall fell in love with him. You know, I, that's on her though. That's a cross she gonna have to bear. In my mind, the way I see it is, I'm back there. And we're all in this together. Y'all know the women don't get opportunities as it is. You making one sacrifice is not going to change your career. You already have yeah. one. So nobody was had- taking anything anything from and you. And she was on her way out, too. Yeah. You were putting somebody else over. And my thing was, after that, you ended up retiring. That was 2011. She had her last match shortly after that. And Karma still hadn't debuted yet. She didn't debut Karma until debuted. later that year. Karma uh-huh. debuted at Michelle's last match because she that's how Karma debuted by implant busting her. Good. As she should. As she should. I love she should have done what Beth did. Implant buster. I love that. Right. I don't I don't think that Karma knew at the time. When Karma got there, she she didn't have any aware, she didn't have any clue of what had happened it's either that or they told her she didn't know because I'm the story hadn't you. even made it past michelle mccool yet because stephanie's the one who went to freddie and was like hey i want you to come up with a storyline that's going to lead to a big match at mania for the girls the girls need time and we need to find a way to do this and he was like okay i think i got it 
when he found out Karma was coming in, he wrote the storyline specifically for her. Because he he was like, she's going to be great. She could be massive if they give her the time. And I have her book to win. She's going to go up against one of the toughest women in the division. Putting her in the match with Beth is the smart thing to do. And he was like, she's going to have a hard-fought battle with Michelle at Royal Rumble, which is one of the big four. And he was like, she's going to drop it to Karma there. Karma then is going to have a program with Beth and go all the way out to Mania beat Beth at Mania, and she's going to be the reigning champ. And then he said he was going to start the next phase of her story to see who was going to be the underdog to take her down. Right? Because, you know, WWE loves a good underdog. And that would make perfect sense. But once that storyline went to Michelle, because Stephanie sent Michelle to Freddie and was like, hey, you need to go talk to Freddie. There's a new storyline that's going to involve you um, Kaya, which is Karma's name, I believe it is, and um, and Beth, you guys are going to be embroiled in um, a matchup. And she says, oh, okay, goes and talks to Freddie, and as soon as he gets to the end of the story, she loses her shit, because she's dropping the title, and she's dropping it before Mania. I don't think it had anything to do with Mania. I think she was mad that she was dropping the title. That's what I think. Which she ended For up sure. dropping Obviously. it she ended up dropping it though. She dropped it anyway. I think her point was I think she wanted that control and wanted to be able to control when she was dropping her title or not. Girl, let me explain something. If Charlotte Claire in 2022 doesn't even have control of when she can and can, when if she their biggest star, okay, can't tell the creative team, I don't want the title. For about a year, stop putting me in it. If they don't listen to her, what makes you think they were going to listen to you in 2010? They listened to her because The Undertaker was her mouthpiece. Charlotte doesn't have an Undertaker. She has an Andrade, which is better. But you know. I mean, right? Like, and even she had. Yeah. But look, look at it. Charlotte still had Rick as her dad. He didn't have no power in WWE either. Mm-mm. So that Charlie could have been rough. like, hey, dad, I need you to talk to them and tell them such and such. And Char- Rick probably went to Vince and was like, hey, yada, yada, yada. And Vince was like, mm, no, we're going we're gonna to keep going the way that we're going. That's why I'm like, there's no, like, if, if I put it this way, if it was um, Hogan, Taker, or Cena, they could influence his ear. The Rock, too. The Rock got it, uh-huh. too. Any one of those four can get Vince McMahon to do anything they want. Anything they want. And there's a couple others, because Roman almost at that caliber, too. Randy's probably at that caliber. Randy's almost there. Randy got Randy. He's almost there. I think Randy got this a little bit. He got, he got a little bit. He got a little bit. Another year to make sure he's fully sober, and then they will give that to him. Yep. Yep, Drew, Drew, if Drew keeps going at the rate he's going, he'll be there too. Once he get ready to wind down with his career, he'll be able to do it too. I think um, Kevin Owens Seth, is one of those guys too. Kevin Owens is one of them. Kevin is one of them. Kevin Seth King, is one Kevin. of them. Seth. Now, one thing Charlotte don't got that Becky got, Becky, if Becky keeps going at the rate she's going, she'll be probably one of the first women to be able to. Yeah. And because I think Charlotte... He, 
because obviously with the whole especially Bianca thing and that's why I love how like in character she is but she was very like vocal be like no we're gonna make something out of this mm-hmm. and so I'm, I'm just saying with the way things are going with the way things went with her she used the Undertaker that's why I said the white women tears was real potent because I'm, I'm like, why are you crying? They people drop titles every day, and even Freddie Prince Jr. said it like the title gets put on people and it gets dropped all the time. I could understand it a little bit better. The women's division at that time only had one title, one or two titles mm-hmm. to represent them, they don't have a plethora of titles to go after. So, to an extent, I understand, but when you're at the top of the mountain 90% of the time and you're too busy crying because you can't get your way. That's childish. And in my opinion, you would rather the women's division be stifled with you and, and Layla running around talking about real talk every two seconds and basically mean girl bullying people than to do something different that could really push forward the women's division. Yeah, because and you possibly know. give some more longevity to it outside of you running down to the ramp, you know forearming people and barely hitting them and barely having decent matches it's so just like just if here's my thing if she went crying to take her because of this that whole thing that her and Layla did with Nikki James which is considered one of the worst uh, you know angles WWE did with her calling her fat and Piggy James and all that she claims she didn't want to do it. I call bull crap on oh, that. I call so much bull crap on that because she looked way too comfy to be doing that. She claims she didn't want to do it. She said me and I Layla did not want to do it. And they I told call us that that was the storyline they were going with. And Mickey so, has said it many times. She was like, that that storyline really hurt me. A lot. Go, it's like back then it's like that and that's the thing I don't believe when she says that because she goes crying to the guy she's fucking who is still married at the time so I'm not saying she's the only one to blame here because Mark ain't getting away scot-free on that okay but like you go to the guy who you're whose dick you suck in and whine and cry about a title but let's be honest, the WWE really didn't give two shits about at the time. Let's be 100% honest here, okay? But you go run into that, but you claim you don't want to do this, but you don't tell Mark, hey, do something because I don't want to do this. Well, you, you, that that's where I call bullcrap. Alexis got a lot of points. Now she's making a good point. Now, let me just say this as the resident white woman. White woman tears don't mean shit. All they are is a performance, and that performance, all it does, see, this is the growth that I keep talking about that y'all have helped me get to. They only do it when they want something done their way. Because at this point, fuck everybody else. She didn't want to wrestle karma. She didn't want to give up the title because she was queen of the mountain. And that is the issue that, I'm going to be honest, Michelle McCool 
mediocre wrestler. The only reason she got to where she was fucking or where she was is because she used whose bed to keep warm at night. And it wasn't her husband. Mm-hmm. I mean, Alexis makes a good point. You didn't want to do the Piggy James storyline, but you didn't complain to Mark about that to get that storyline scrapped. But you made sure to complain about your title. Same here, because I don't sound right. That don't, Same that here. Because if someone can make me make sense of that, because, yeah, that, that absolutely blows my fucking mind, that you want to go out here, a grown-ass woman, and I get it, it's in character, but you're going to go out and body shame someone who looks way better than you, you fucking plastic, sunburnt-looking Barbie. Damn. And then you you want to go out here and call a woman fat and make fun of her and tear her down and all this shit. But you can't get out of doing this. It's, I'll be honest. If I had my fingers on someone's dick who had that much power in the back in the locker room... I wouldn't use it for evil. I'd be like, I have an advantage to make this women's division great. And it doesn't have to be all about me. I can get girls in the back who can wrestle seen on TV. That would require her to be a good person. But she's not a good person. She was already already sleeping with someone, with a man who wasn't her man, who was someone else's man. And I would not be surprised I would not Some an index finger on his peen, so. Um, I will not be surprised if that kid that she and Mark have, they forced them to become a wrestler. No. Would not oh. surprise me. Please don't. That is, I, I have some, no, I get stage vibe mom, like stage moms from her. So fucking bad. I don't like her. There's something about her that is just rotten. And now that this has come out and proved it, Cause girl, you got you and Layla. You wanted Layla to, Layla to come back. Layla don't even want to fucking work with you. She's spitting bars today. Cause um, that's another one. I'm like, I was very surprised that she, but she don't want to come back at all. And but she don't even speak to Michelle. No, at all but that was her. supposed to be her best because the only time they interact right. the only time they interact is when michelle tags her on twitter yeah but they were Atlanta. they were supposed to be friends so Atlanta's my thing is like, Who's this bitch? now something happened and layla she ain't saying that she'd be real cool but she keeping it classy because she said no nah, i'm good i didn't have my time let the girls have their time i was like okay that don't that just that none of that none because I was thinking about this stuff when we read about this and I was just like okay so she wanted to do this she was cool with being this, this mean girl ripoff copy which was a fucking dime a dozen back in 2010 well, everybody was the fucking mean girl you honey I made let me be honest <clears throat> first of all back in my whole phase I was a smart hoe I never fucked around with a married man. <laughs> Especially if it's publicly known that that man is married. She I, don't said, care. I was a smart hoe. <laughs> I don't care if you're on the outs. I, I don't care if you're still in the. No, until 
your name is Dryden Inc. on those fucking divorce papers, I ain't fucking with you. End of story. Okay? And now, I may sound a little power hungry, but yeah, I get it. I, want, I would want something big. But at the same time, the ability to have that power to all you got to do is give them a little good good. And then you can be like, hey, guess what? We're having the main event at fucking WrestleMania. Like, come the fuck on. Ciao. Girl, you, I, I, ho. you are a fucking dumb hoe. You could have done this so much better. Alexis is telling the truth. I, I didn't think about that until she said And I'm like, you know what? They're I didn't even think about that either. That's hey, right, me either. She is right. Why did he? Why did you sit and get the storyline scrapped if you didn't want to do it? Because you could have just had Taker go tell tell Vince that you weren't comfortable. But you made sure to get Karma's debut derailed and to take hmm. a payday out away from Vince. You made sure to do that. And we could have had our version, and I, I know this sounds dumb, but like when we, because y'all remember how heated I was when we started, when we talked about this. And I said, and I still say it with my full heart, we could have had the female version of Hogan versus Andre at WrestleMania. True. Beth could have body slammed karma and people would have lost their goddamn mind. The women's revolution could have happened earlier. That would have been, yeah, that would have been the precursor to what Sasha and um, Bailey were capable of doing at NXT TakeOver. But it just goes to show you how people get in the way. And they don't care about anything but themselves. And that's just the way that it is. And I noticed that a lot of people that's in the business that were around during that time, they don't fuck with her. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like... And if they do, it's only in pictures and you can tell from the vibe of the picture that they're only doing this because of like publicity or some shit. But you know, as soon as right, they turn they around, they're, they're like, wrong. fuck that fucking bitch. You know, she's only here. I would, I'd say it to her face. I'd be like, the only reason you're here is because who you were riding. That's it. I'm not afraid to say it to her. I don't like that bitch. I've never liked that bitch. There was something about her I never fucking liked, and this fucking proved it. God, I just just like, I'm gonna throw punch that bitch. No, I just, and I'll move on. But it's just like we could have had. I mean, like WWE is so far behind compared to what like TNA was doing, the Indies were doing when it comes to women's wrestling. This could have made them evolve or die because they could have had that happen. I'm not saying it would have been a five-star match, but it would have been like, yo, did you see WrestleMania where Beth Phoenix body slammed Karma? That could have been a moment in women's history for wrestling, and we never got that because of her whining, crying bitch ass. <laughs> and I'm, I'm never gonna, and I will say it to her fucking face if I ever see her. I'd be like, you cost this fucking an awesome WrestleMania moment. I'll go get your husband. I'll fight him too. All I gotta do is kick him in the knees. Well, we like kick him in the knees is gonna sound like gunshots. Stop. <laughs> I mean, she. I mean, now you know why he wants him. to have the old days back so much because in the old days he had a lot of power, see, and he was able to structure and change things to how he felt it should have been, and so instead of him. Instead of him understanding, one, he shouldn't have been meddling in women's business. 
That's yeah. the first thing. You, you, you shouldn't have kept your mouth shut. You should have told her, this is the business. You got to suck it up, babe. Sometimes you got to drop a title. And then other times they want you to get it back. Like if they know, you know your worth, you know what you bring to the table. You can because he would have been real fast to say that to someone backstage. Thank you, guys. That part. Thank you. He would have said that. All I'm saying. You you can't you can't be acting like you're the only one because all of the women back there was getting shafted during that time. You had it up because you had Undertaker on your side, and because he was one of the men, he was one of the guys, and nobody questioned anything he wanted. Nobody questioned anything he wanted. Y'all would just do whatever y'all wanted to do. You feel what I'm saying? And it's wrong. It's wrong because you cost somebody. What I really hate is is more on karma because Beth got to have moments. And I'm not saying that Beth didn't get cost anything. But it's on karma that didn't get the opportunity because everything got derailed and pushed back. She didn't have a chance to debut when she was supposed to. No. And then she ended up getting pregnant, which I was happy for her. But then she lost that baby, if I recall. She did. She lost that child. So you got, you got this bitch coming after you because she, she doesn't want you to take her place. The fear, the fear of her being replaced, which it ended up happening anyway. But I guess because you was able to do it on your own terms, that's what matters. I left when I wanted to leave. They didn't push me out. But you ended up killing at least two other people's careers, including Freddie Prince Jr.'s, because I remember in that post that I was reading, he said that after that, it was it was harder and harder for him to get storylines going for the girls. Mm-hmm. And it, it's baffling to me that you got women who will sabotage other women just to keep themselves afloat that shit is whack as fuck to me that's and then when you're, shit you're, go down it's always well we need to come together and like no no, baby, bitch. You, mm-hmm. <laughs> no we what, come together for what like, come together I, so you like put what? that stiff ass ponytail on and then be running around and you could barely move now you your face a little well she now has her raggedy hair in that and the micro braids y'all remember that oh god no yeah. yeah, I don't. It was some. It wasn't. It was like a taker twenty four seven or something like that. She comes out there and they look like they're supposed to be boxer braids, but when they're white girl boxer braids, though. Yeah. I was talking about I, when she went to pick up her daughter at daycare and she had a full, full like full box braids in. You know, she. You know, with you know hair, kind of vibe. like box mm-hmm. braids, like with hair in it. Yeah. Yeah, like she had her hair done and like it was like full like. Hold on, I'm gonna find the picture because it went viral. Yeah, y'all keep talking. I, I just what? <laughs> it just you know, and it. Uh, I, I will drive the Bellas for yeah, forever. <laughs> no, you know, you know, I fucking yeah. know, but look, I'm getting to a point. I can understand now. I still don't like them, but I can understand what they tried to do for the women's division. They, but they, I mean, like, I wouldn't say they're my favorite, but I'd rather pick them over Michelle McCool because at least they were trying to get everybody seen on TV and not just mm-hmm. them. Wait, so, yeah, I said Bella? that. Not what's the Bella. <laughs> no, you, you know what I mean, though. 
and that's what I said earlier I was like again I was like I don't want to harp on because I feel like it's always an ever-growing issue every time we talk about them but at the same time I was like they never well except for that whole Maurice thing I love Maurice but I feel like there's way more to that story so that's neither here nor there um and like I said I feel like their dad probably used them as a scapegoat to get out a lot of decisions that he made back then um but at the same time, I was like, I've, again, it's like, this has been said like a while ago about Beth, not Beth, sorry, Beth, about Michelle, mm-hmm. like causing, like, she like legitimately derailed people's careers for their entire lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not just a segment, not just like a year, like their entire their careers for their entire lives completely fucking dirty road i feel like that's way more than someone losing some of for like a year or a couple months or something for literally the rest of their careers were never the same after that yeah and what makes it even bad is that she had a hard time getting the wwe in the first place karma did she had a hard time getting there because Jim Ross barbecue guggling ass was at the um, the helm of the talent division at that point, and he felt like she wouldn't translate well to the audience. I'm like, if we have to look at your baby back rib eating ass every day, then we can look at karma every day. We have to listen to you. We have to look at you. So no, I don't understand. We was looking at fucking viscera for years. Are you are you uh, serious? Bam, bam, bam. There. What? Hey, no, no, don't, don't, don't insult, bam, bam. Okay, but on the term of they say, I, it ain't about me insulting them. It's just the truth. They're fat. That man had, had bigger titties. Him. My man had bigger titties than any woman on that roster, and he's just having them like out. I'm not insulting anybody. My point is that they were all big dudes. So how did they translate? But karma couldn't. This where I couldn't even fucking wrestle to save his goddamn life. He never got over, man. And no shade to Yoko's in it, but he was a big guy. So my thing, my my point is, why is it that the women have to meet a certain standard, but the men don't? And you yourself don't even meet the standard that you're setting. You're sitting up there telling me that I'm too fat to be in the WWE, and you get to sit up every day on television, mm. like you just drunk one of your barbecue sauce bottles and come out there and tell me I'm too bad to be on TV. Talking out the corner of his mouth. You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. put it into perspective, sir. Like, and literally really? talking out the corner of his mouth. Really? He don't, even know where he's at. he don't even know where he's at anymore. You know. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, like I, it, it, it was hard enough for her to get there as it is. And then here you come, white, so you gotta be right. And then here you go, derailing that girl's opportunity and destroying it because she don't meet the standards and because you're too fucking selfish to see the bigger picture. But then <laughs> when you get called a diva, it's I was I work my ass off. Oh no, you don't get to be self-righteous, you pasty bitch. You don't you don't get to do that. No, you take your licks the way they come. You are a diva, bitch. That's that's just the way that it was. You, that's who you are. Accept it. 
wasn't wasn't she part of the diva contest like the diva search wasn't yeah, she part she of was. it that's the reason so yeah, that's the reason why you're even fucking there that's the only reason you're fucking there because for some reason they thought they thought your mediocre ass was hot <sighs> fucking back then i had more curves than you you fucking toothpick <laughs> I don't like her, so we need to move on, or I'm gonna get tr- like some legal trouble with Taker. Well, well, again, I'm just saying, Karma got her in the end. Stop! Mm-hmm. Stop! <laughs> we have to talk about Cody because we didn't go. Um, we didn't have a podcast after that. I just gave everybody the full review of what happened at Hell in a Cell. So Cody did officially have the surgery. And they said it was a successful surgery. The WWE pretty much gave him the maximum amount of time to be out, which is nine months, for him to recover from the surgery. And I think he'll be back before that. I think Cody will be in the Rumble next year. That's about seven months from now. Yeah. He's going to win the Rumble. Oh, yeah, he is. He's gonna be at least as good as time nice. to miss him. That'll be nice for him. I mean, it's fine. And then, I mean, Seth is gonna be obviously Seth. This past Monday, he cut a promo and he did exactly what he was supposed to double down on the efforts, be the ultimate villain, and everybody hates him. You know, then AJ, AJ coming out there and knocking the shit out of him, be like, "That's for Cody." I'm like, "All right, Nothing. bullet, all right, bullet club tees." Like, okay. <laughs> Knock his ponytail off. <laughs> I got. And he did it during it. Pride Month. Right. Exactly. Our leader of the gay community. The gay community. The gay community. I know. As like, he flips his pantene hair. Okay, uh, that's for plus, honey. No, that's AJ Styles got some good ass hair for a dude. But like, look, I'm be, I'm, I'm never thought I'm fucking plus. It's, it's that um, good old part plus. Okay. <laughs> my respect for Cody because like I know I always got on to him for like doing stupid shit and I was kind of mad at him when they're like he's still going to go on with this um, with this match of Hell in a Cell and I'm like why the fuck's he doing this he don't need to do it and especially when he took off the jacket oh, and uh, I saw that and there are people fucking Cameron's dumb ass is like oh it's spray paint it's body paint. I'm like, bitch, who that said ain't spray that? paint. Cameron. Cameron who? Naomi's old tag team partner. Oh, I, the fuck are yeah. you? Girl, the, the, she can't. You want Girl, me to say something, little know. bitch, you can't hardly. You don't even know how to pin nobody. Uh, exactly. when, Cameron can actually, when Cameron can actually learn how to pin someone correctly, then I'll take her advice. Thank you. Girl. Thank you. He's out he here wasn't spray paint. He the reason why he went on ahead and wrestled was because that he had tore it off the bone. He couldn't do no more damage. Mm. So it was what it was. So I'm gonna say this, and uh, no one probably would ever expect me to say this about Cody Rhodes in 2022, but my respect for Cody went way the fuck up. Um, you know, I, I know he did it because he didn't want people to be disappointed. And, you know, Seth never, Seth didn't hold back. Like, you could tell, like, he's being a little bit safer because he can't be as dumb as he was in AEW. But um, mm-hmm. respect, respect to Cody Rhodes. I wish him a speedy recovery. I'm glad the surgery went well. 
take some time recovering, spend time with your daughter because these are the most precious years. She's already walking, it looks like. So, you know, she's growing up fast. Spend your time with kid, man, because from one parent to another, you're going to miss these when they're eight and yelling at you about fruit snacks. Oh, Lord. But my respect for him went way the hell up, and I'm not, I'm not afraid to admit that. I want to say something. It's probably going to be controversial. I think Cody knew exactly what the fuck he was doing. He is smarter than what people give him credit for. Oh, you mean and, like wrestling with his... Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he knew oh, what he was doing. Same thing, too. He knew exactly what he was doing. Look, you want... Cody wants that, that John Cena Hogan status. And he got it. After Hell in a Cell, he definitely got it. He knew full well that the only way to turn himself into that undeniable hero that he wanted to be was he had to go out there and persevere. He's lucky because if that muscle hadn't torn from the bone like it did, they would not have cleared him to go ahead and wrestle. Them WWE doctors are real strict about that shit. No, they're not wrestling. They wouldn't let Becky wrestle, and all she did was get punched in the face. They was like, no. No, bitch. You, you can't wrestle. But, oh, Cody? Cody, like, it's torn from the bone. They're like, okay, well, you can't do nothing. We can't do, you can't do no worse. So, I guess <laughs> that's when out there and became immortal. He did that shit on purpose. Okay? Well, then it fucking on purpose because now, now Cody is at face character wise, he's done, he's gotten to Roman's level in a quarter of the time. Okay? With one feud, he's already gonna be at Roman's level when he comes back. When he comes back at the Royal Rumble and they go bananas for him, it's over. It is over. He's getting that title when he comes back. Of course. Of he's course. He's gonna get, he's gonna get a skyrocket right to that belt. There's nobody that's gonna get that title over him. Nobody. So I wouldn't I'm not surprised, but I'm just saying he's 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 not an idiot. He he understands very well. The shit he was doing in AEW wasn't working because it wasn't the right audience to do it with. He had to go somewhere where it's a little bit more campy and a little bit more structured for all that storyline that he was trying to do. It would work better in WWE because they got they got the candid audience to present it to. So it works. He's a smart little crafty bastard. I'll give him that. Mm-hmm. A shout I wonder out to if you, you think his, his pectoral if it's squishy. Oh, Jesus. No. I want to hear the noise it makes. Honestly, Stop. I'm just going to look as an ex DNA, you touch someone who's got a torn muscle, expect to get the ass whooping of your fucking lifetime because that shit fucking hurts. I feel like it would make the noise that a sponge makes when you squish it. Rico, I'm going to Rico, stop! <laughs> Ew. He's being for like, what if you motorboated it? Like, what? No, (laughs) no, we're moving. We're moving on. You're both gross. We're moving on to MVP Uh, and Jericho. 
Oh, sorry. I just want to say something about Cody real quick. You guys shut the fuck up about the squishy pectoral. It's gross. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, again, it was something that obviously, like, really, like, made him, like, that's like a visual. That really stick with people. And at the same time, it, because, again, I feel like in hindsight, this kind of works great. Because, yes, people weren't sick of him, but this also derails, like, in case people might have started getting sick of him, even though that wasn't the case. So this is, like, this is the start, that was, like, the start of his, like, climb, and people already have a chance to miss him. That's fucking gold. Oh, I mean, look at like you don't even there. you're not getting a burnt out and then you come back and be like oh we miss you like you're getting like starting to be in the middle of your build Thanks. so people mm-hmm. are behind you and now they're going to be even a thousand times and I was listening to um Cheap Heat and then they made a great point oh I don't know if it, it's not called Cheap Heat anymore whatever it is and they made it because this is for the people who are like I don't believe Cody's uh, believable enough to beat Roman. Now this made him believable. Facts. Yep. Uh Just all of of the little ducks in a row. I think the last time the ducks in a row for a little bit was like Bianca. And then the last time before that was with the whole thing with like Becky getting her nose bust. I I actually don't care because Bianca hasn't been injured. So I'll compare a little bit. Yeah, Ken's more Becky when her nose was injured and that completely changed her life. Yeah. That whole segment, those image completely changed her life. Fucking iconic. It is. But that's called he's smoking gun right there. Yeah, that because that's one of those yes, yeah, one of those it's like when you think of Cody Rose and you think of like what made them like change or what like change like what created their mystique you will think of that that's like when people think of becky when her nose gets busted and she's on top of those bleachers and her arms are raised and like when people think of that match with bret hart and um austin and his face is bleeding or he's in a sharpshooter and it's just like covered it dude that's my favorite and it's like it's one of those things that it's just like so it's going to be so ingrained in people's memories when it comes to that person or even with Seth, I don't even, it was necessarily injury, but when he did that cash in at Mania, I don't remember Mania number that is. Yeah, because I don't remember Mania numbers after a while. Sure, we'll we'll say it's that one. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember, I don't remember any Mania numbers after like 30. Like so, I, people will have to bear with me. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't remember like, anything. such. I mean, I'm sad that he has to be gone for the amount of time. But this really, this changed his whole fucking career. There. This changes. Yeah, I think it's good. also a blessing in disguise because yeah. I could kind of tell that it, he was kind of getting overexposed, especially yes. because he was constantly winning against Seth. So this gives him a time to like step back and people to miss him again. So that way when uh-huh. he comes back, people will be more on board when he gets that belt. Yeah, right? 100% agree. It just solidified his legacy. As simple as that. All right, so good luck to you, Cody. Everybody's looking forward to you coming back. We'll see you at Royal You Rumble. could say it was iconic. 
Oh, hell no. the fuck up. Absolutely not. <laughs> All right. So let's get to MVP and Jerk. Right. I love this story. I love this story. <laughs> so MVP and Jericho had an exchange. And um, there's two stories. One is that this happened around Mania weekend. The other one is that it happened around May 18th. Okay? So the timing of the storyline is, is off by who tells the story. However... One thing is confirmed is that they did have an exchange with each other. Now, if you guys remember back in 2020, Jericho was online, obviously very vocal about supporting Donald Trump. Before that, Jericho and MVP were friends. Um, their friendship was fractured because of his support of um, Trump. And it got worse after they had talk to each other they had an exchange after that and the relationship was completely severed now prior after this all went down and they were able to you know not see each other they don't work for the same company so they were able to move into different circles the two of them didn't meet didn't talk or none of that this particular incident MVP went to the hotel that some of the AEW guys were staying at they went, he went to go talk to him because, you know, the industry is small. Most people know everybody. So MVP mm -hmm. was just chopping it with some of them and talking with them. Now, the way the story is told, Jericho and Matt Hardy were talking and MVP walks up and the exchange happens between the two of them. <clears throat> Nobody knows what they actually said to each other. The only thing that is reiterated is that Jericho pretty much told MVP, I don't fight jobbers. And then he walks onto the elevator. There's one dirt sheet story or a couple of dirt sheet stories that says MVP was, you know, going at him and had to be held back. According to MVP, that's not true. He said there was an exchange between the two of them, but that was pretty much it. Jericho was asked about the exchange and he pretty much was like, I told him I don't fight jobbers and that was it. That was the end of that. So, now here's where the rumor and window comes in. The rumor says that after this said exchange, somebody from AEW called John Knight and basically tried to narc on MVP and tell Johnny whatever he was trying to tell him. And this was a way to either get him reprimanded or fight. It was that's the rumor. I didn't okay. know about that part. I didn't know about that part. That's some shady ass shit right there. Now, that's a rumor. According to what I was told and the source I got, that's not necessarily true either. They added new shit on there to make it be more exacerbated than it has to be. From my understanding, the exchange is where it was dead. That was it. Now, if we're being led to believe that the rumor part is true, where somebody came in and called John Laurinaitis to try to reprimand MVP, to which that didn't go nowhere, because according to the rumor, John Laurinaitis was like, not my problem, it didn't happen on WWE property, I don't give a shit. That's pretty much how it went. Um, if, we're believe, if we're to believe the rumor, okay? My thing is, the only person who would have any contact with 
AEW that was in this storyline, I mean, would have contact with WWE that was in this particular story would be Jericho. He would be the only one who would have the number. Or if you want to throw in a wild card, Matt Hardy. I don't think Matt Hardy would have a good enough um, relationship with John Laurinaitis like that to do that. I think the only other random one it would be, to my opinion, if it wasn't if it wasn't Jericho, would either be a Mark Henry or a Paul or whatever yeah. Big Show's name is. Paul White. But yeah. they, yeah, but they never mentioned him being it. Neither one of them. But they did say somebody from AEW allegedly called John Laurinaitis to mark him out. So that's the story. The truth is, MVP side, he says that they had an exchange, but it wasn't as deep as they're trying to make it. They had an exchange, it didn't really go nowhere, and they left it where it's at. At this point in time, they are no longer friends. Both of them willingly admit that, that they're not friends. And Jericho's very disrespectful about it, and that's where I have an issue. So to call MVP a jobber is disrespectful to him and his career, okay? Uh Now, me personally, I go at MVP Nick Dayton. He's a heel, okay? I'm not going at him personally because I don't know that man like that, okay? I'm going by what I see on TV and the character he presents, okay? As a man, as MVP, I respect him. The man has done everything in his power to get black people on television. And he mm-hmm. does that on the daily. And it's not just black people either. People he know for sure that he believes in and he knows is gonna give you what you need. He's gonna go to bat for them too. What was so, that what was that video that started going around Instagram? And I remember this. It was him and Shad when Kofi won the title. And the emotions crying. on both those men's faces told the whole fucking story. Yep. See, my, yep. my issue that's with Jericho, that, yep. and that's what, and they, you know, my, my thing with, with Jericho is that Jericho's an asshole, first off. Um, I'll, 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 I'll fucking go on him all the fucking time. But, like, your MVP is doing what Jericho should be doing. He is not the main front center pitcher. He's not trying to be the guy in the main event anymore. He's, they put him with Omos. And I think this is the first time anyone's ever gave a shit about Omos, to be honest with you. Everything that... I mean, I still don't, but... Well, <laughs> you have some sort of entertainment going on because MVP's there. And I'll be honest, being a Florida girl, he's from 305 Miami. You don't fuck with those guys down there. Because you're lucky he didn't... He, you're lucky he's a good guy because I'm pretty sure he would have probably swung on you because we always know MVP's at the ready. MVP is his trained in jujitsu. Yeah, he's MMA guy. Uh, My friend Linus, he is a huge MVP fan and he's like, yeah, man, he's fucking crazy when he does uh, MMA stuff. Like, remember when the fan was trying to come after Montez? And like MVP and Sammy Zayn were like the first two guys who walked out. Oh, Sammy was over the barricade. (laughs) He had his cane at the ready. He was ready to go. You don't fuck with a guy like that. But like he's doing what he is making sure 
people are being seen. And he's doing what Jericho should be doing, but Jericho's not. And I think Jericho is just jealous that MVP came back, had a one shot in the WWE. And because of the reaction that the crowd gave him, they're like, hold up. We need this dude. We need him back because people went crazy for him. They put him with Bobby Lashley. They made Lashley a monster. They had, um, oh, fuck. what was the fact? I can't remember the fucking faction. Please don't hurt me. They had Hurt Business. Why the fuck did I forget that? You had the Hurt Business. Yeah, Shelton and Cedric on TV. You had that. He's mm-hmm. pushing for people in the back. He's, if it wasn't for MVP, Bobby Lashley would still be just in the miasma somewhere. He would still be stuck in stupid-ass storylines like what he was with Rusev and Lana. Well, I just got one question. My question is, where was he January 6th? <laughs> he, was at, he was at work, but, we, but his wife... His wife's there. His wife's pictures online. You can find it. His wife is trying to he's trying to do things there. for the former Cheeto in chief. Uh, he knows he can't do shit because if he gets in trouble, his work visa is going to be revoked, and he can get his ass sent back to Canada because he yeah. has and dual he has dual citizenship, but he can lose his American citizenship though. That's why his ass wasn't there. But you gotta let your wife take the fall. But no, it's it, it's just like. MVP is not the guy to fuck with. I have so much respect for him. I remember his stupid ass gimmick, but like I have a lot of respect for him. I and you know, we were talking about it a while back about how like black wrestlers don't get their opportunity, and MVP is making sure the new generation of black wrestlers are making their mark and they're getting noticed, and especially in WWE. He's even trying Dang. to get Cedric noticed again. So I'm like, you know, like, bless this man. Bless this man. And I'm like, what was that thing Big Titty Terran put when this thing broke? It was like, you really thinking a guy who looks like MVP is going to lose a fight to a guy who looks like Oswald Cobblepot? What the fuck? Or something like that. Y'all ain't shit. <laughs> but Jericho's a, a punk-ass bitch. The only reason he walked away is because he knew he'd get his ass kicked, and if he was the one who called Lauren Idison, you nothing but a fucking snitch. And that's At even worse. Point, what was that going to do? Like, you, if you, uh, if this rumor is believed to be true, like, what did you think that was going to do? They had an argument. Okay, so you calling John Lauren Idison like MVP just came and attacked you because some trash. You know what I'm saying? And when it comes to Jericho and his bullshit, it's like, bro, stay in your lane. Like, you're concerned about calling him a jobber is way more, it's just disrespectful to what he brings to the table in WWE. It's mad disrespectful, but it's okay. And I thought the because, whole point, he wanted to disrespect him like that because he was mad he got put in his place. It's okay because you're going to end up bringing your ass back on your hands and knees so you can get that fucking ring from WWE. You know that it's happening. Don't when Tony Khan gets tired of you, because he's going to get tired of you, when he gets tired of you, you're going to end up calling your punk ass back to WWE, and you're going to end up doing whatever they want so you can get your fucking ring. So I have a question for all y'all. And one of my friends asked me this, and they kind of they did this 
So you know how Jericho basically showed up at and did a concert at like a motorcycle rally and got COVID, and I'm telling you, he's the one who spread it to the young bucks and everybody who started testing positive I believe for COVID. One hundred percent. I believe okay. that. I believe that too. So my friend was saying that if he was, because he's like, so Tony looked like he don't give a shit what they do. I'm like, no, not really. And he goes, so do you think if he was still with WWE and he told them this, would they have told him, no, stay your ass at home. You ain't going anywhere. Yeah. Remember when the yeah. girls was, uh, they was on the boat? I'm on a boat. Yeah, oh, yeah. When Naya and then was on the boat. Mm-hmm. Wait, what was the question? What was no, the question? He was, he was just saying, would WWE have allowed Chris Jericho to go do that stupid-ass concert and the height of COVID, and then, you know, where AEW superstars started getting COVID <laughs> left and right, testing positive, like one of the young bucks got it and kind of derailed some shit they were trying to do in the tag division. Mm-hmm. Do you think WWE would have been like, yeah, go ahead, or would they be like, are Absolutely you fucking not. dumb? Stay your ass at Absolutely home. Absolutely not. Absolutely not, because remember when... If he had uh, decided to... If he had decided to do it, he would have been pulled from television. When Naya, Natalia... Lana, Mandy, Sonia, and Lana, and Mandy and Sonia, they was all on that boat. They all got pulled for two weeks. Now let me let me put this into perspective. Naya claims she never got COVID. Okay, she says she never got it. I didn't experience any symptoms. That doesn't mean you didn't get COVID. It means COVID didn't affect you. It didn't make you sick, which means you're a carrier. You could have been a carrier for the virus, okay? Some people are asymptomatic when it comes to COVID. So you can't say that you never had it because you don't know. It seems like, well, WWE was testing us every two weeks. If they sent you home for being possibly being exposed to the virus and you were not tested in that time, it's very possible that you had it and you were asymptomatic. So all that being said, they they were sent home for two weeks, which is why... Wrestling around that time for the women was a little wonky, you know. The segments with Sasha yeah. and Bailey were a little bit longer than normal. Some matches were a little bit longer than normal because they weren't allowed to be on television. They weren't allowed to be in the facility. You know, Kevin. I, I remember I remember Nicole saying because when they go back to like remember Nicole saying this, Sasha and Bailey are the ones like because I know people are like Sasha's anti vax or whatever. But at least, if she was anti-vax, at least she fucking did her job, and then they went back to their hotel or wherever, and they stayed the fuck there. They didn't do anything. She, if but she was anti-vax, she quarantined so that she wouldn't be exposed. And she but wore also her she mask. has to have been vaccinated, because remember they said that in order to go to any of the Saudi shows, they had to be vaccinated. They had to be vaccinated. And she was a part so, of Crown Jewel with uh, Becky and Bianca. She was. So, she should have had so even if she might not necessarily believe it, she is she at did least get reasonable enough to, per, to take the precautions. Unless but, she's one of the but, ones that Naya said paid the doctors to give her a fake card, but I don't think Sasha would go through I don't that know. Well, how come Naya didn't pay the doctor then? Because she ain't making mm. that money. Mm. Okay, bitch. Anyway. She blew it all um, on folded wigs. For them to be oh, our friends, you show sure knock on a lot of people. Like, just straight up knock them out after you leave. Just knocking everybody out. And but Becky has no friends, though. Mm. Yeah. Becky, Becky, Becky and Sasha have no friends. Everybody hates, everybody hates Charlotte. Charlotte was another one. Even though she was there, 
she you didn't see her doing anything stupid hurt she set her ass back where she needed to go and she never like until she needed like surgery or whatever but you never saw her going out doing stupid shit she only her place job she, was she went the fuck home was at home or at the gym mm-hmm. yeah which is where she'd be at now that lady on vacation is still at the gym <laughs> yeah but like getting back to she the story though but like getting back to the story though, I I just think it's just Jericho being continuously butthurt, and he just thinks that it all goes back to that thing where he's like, oh, I'll never show up at Impact because they're below me, and it's like, no, motherfucker, it's because no one wants to see you at Impact. It's not because you're better than them. You have no reason to fucking be there. Well. And he knows oh. it because if he shows up at an impact show, he's not going to get the, you know, ass kissing that a lot of these AEW fans do for him. No, I might, I might, like I said, I give MVP character the blues because I respect that man for what he does. And I don't have, I have no hate in my heart for him. I ain't going to tolerate no slander on MVP. So you can kiss my ass, Jericho. SpongeBob SquarePants need to get his shit together. You real moody and touchy all the time when somebody be coming for your neck. NBA Twitter took your ass out so bad. <laughs> you had to go and drop a couple LBs, honey, so they could be like, oh, okay, Jericho got his shit together because they was going at your neck. They was calling you Patrick. It was concerned. They said, what that happened was like- Jericho? Why? It's like, he's sick. Did he, eat- <laughs> Did he eat the other Jericho? <laughs> Did he eat the other God damn. And some one guy, he was like, I literally had to Google him because it's like I did not believe that was a Chris Jericho, and he was like legit arguing with people. Bruh, I showed my mom what Chris. I showed my mom what Chris Jericho looks like now, and she goes, "That's a damn shame." They tore his little thick ass up. That's they what happens his- when you <laughs> when you are Trumpy. The looks just go mm. away. Damn. He, don't he was he melting. I call bullshit on that. Well, uh, unfortunately, I, just, I have to get ready for work. <laughs> oh, boo. And they popped in for a little bit. Yeah, Janae, they called me to work to today. Huh? You got anything to say about uh, MVP and Jericho before you go? Um, shout out to Pastor Porter. Right. <laughs> well, good job, Oliver. You took a pee on the patty pack. Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, shout out yeah. to Matthew Porter um, and to Jericho. Go have sex with your dog. I don't know. Ew. I don't know. I don't want to picture that man my, doing anything. He's making my ass hurt just thinking about it. I feel like he don't have no rhythm. <laughs> to, <laughs> quote, to quote Nicole, he makes me itch. He makes my ass itch. Just like thinking about him makes my butthole pucker. <laughs> is it like puckery when you bought the spicy body wash kind of puckery no puckery like you and your men doing it and you fall out and then you try to go back in man all right all right. Right. go to work oh, okay go to work, go to work today go to work bye guys love you <laughs> i won't miss next week i promise well yeah 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 all right bye <laughs> uh, <laughs> So we our job is MVP. like so chic. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
We team MVP around these parts. All right, fuck yeah. Jericho and his bullshit. All right, and we, will we got fight two more anybody who, just, who does that. Right. So let's go to Thunder Rosa. All right. So Thunder Rosa has been accused of sandbagging and no selling. Um, Marina Schiffer's match, um, as well as in the past wrestling with Eva Lee's. It's been brought up by a wrestling fan who said he's been a part of wrestling for years and he's watched wrestling for years. And to the untrained eye, he could clearly, somebody would probably mention that this would be a bad match. But he said, looking at it from a professional wrestling perspective, this is sandbagging and no selling at its finest. And he was alluding to Thunder Rosa's match with Marina Schiffer. Okay. So, I don't know when this match happened. I only saw a tiny clip of it. It did look like a shitty match. I'm not going to lie. Um, okay, so, so this match actually happened, was it on Dark? It, it happened this week. It happened, well, last week it happened. And um, it had Marina Shafir in it, so I'm assuming it was on Dark. You know what? Like, No, um, it was on Dynamite. I watched it. Oh, it was on Dynamite? Oh, yeah. oh wow. Roddy's wife is leveling up in the world. I know, not, I watching, not me watching Dynamite. Were you that bored? <laughs> yeah, because it was like a Wednesday. I was like, no, my, I was like, my friends that I would would have hung out with either have children or were in Florida, so I had nothing to do. I was off that night. Uh, that's, I'm sorry you had to go through that. Thanks for taking one. That's fine. I won't be watching it tomorrow. Because I will be getting sushi. Um, it was it was just a bad match because um I watched I watched the match and it Marina Shafir can't fucking wrestle. I'll say it once, I'll say it again. How the fuck are you married to Bro- uh Roderick Strong and you don't know a goddamn thing? The Messiah of the Backbreaker. Actually, I'm gonna go I mean, watch her. Roderick is one of the best. So I don't I don't understand it either. But I don't, everybody, I don't, I don't, I don't like mean to a lot of you, but this just also remind me of something. Um, mm-hmm. where is the twenty four for WrestleMania? It's the middle of June. Hey, I don't know. They haven't put it out. It's it's with the guy who threw the pie at Kevin Owens. <laughs> we will never. She has been asking for that twenty four for a while. I have because all the damn cameras they had back there, especially with Cody, I was like, oh, I said, this is going to be such a well, bad that use, 24. Doesn't that come out like after SummerSlam, though? No, it comes out. No, before. it's out by now. They usually usually it's out, out by, by June. Yeah, it's, it's weird to not have the 24 out. Mm. They usually have it out by at least the first pay per view after Mania. Especially for this WrestleMania, they would have. This is like the third pay per view, which it should yeah. have been backlash then at this point. Yeah, it should have been out. It should have been during backlash weekend. It should have came out. Yeah, let me go research twenty four here. We go. Maybe they are editing so, Sasha and Naomi out of it. Maybe they are. Uh, it shouldn't it have taken take that long. long. It wouldn't take, take that long. It wouldn't take that long. Or maybe because we all suspect it's a work. Do you think that they're going to wait until Sasha and Naomi come back? I do drop it. I hope. I not. think it's a work too. I think it's a work now. Naomi but, posted that on her. I think it was her Instagram stories. 
Mm-hmm. He said the redirection or something like that. And I was like, okay. Yeah, I'm starting to... because I heard from like a couple, like, I mean, I'm not like a deep, deep Star Wars fan, but they were filming from, they're filming for Mandalorian or they kind of started pre-shooting. So Sus is probably there and then Naomi's just out living life right now. Again, don't quote me. That's not not be completely accurate. That's from like my like people like I know who are like hardcore Star Wars fan and like follow that shit. Man, so they pre-started for the Mandalorian. It's alleged. It's alleged. It's all alleged, obviously. Sorry, back to what you're saying. No, no, it's okay. Like we all saw Marina Shafir when she wrestled uh, Sky Blue. Sky Blue did not deserve that. I'm trying to talk shit about Sky Blue. I'm talking shit about Sky Blue. No, I'm talking about people in general. Oh, okay. Oh. But like that, that match was horrible. Like you go back and you watch that match with her and Sky Blue, and the crowd could not give less of a shit. And it was, I don't want to say botch because I'm so tired of the word botch, but it was so, it was so hard to watch. Funky. And, and the yeah. crowd, the yeah. And the crowd was dead. I should not hear the baddie section being the loudest part of that fucking crowd. I fucking love the baddie section. Yeah, the baddie they, section is great. But they're always kind of dead, like when the women wrestle, except for when Jay comes out there. Well, I mean, you, you get what I'm, you get what I'm trying to say, though. They were and extra then, dead. Yeah. yeah, and then people want to come out <laughs> here, and she does the same thing. And I'm gonna say something very controversial, and y'all might not like it. But y'all can kiss my fucking ass after I say it. The only reason Marina Shafir is getting any time is because Ronda Rousey's back in the WWE, and this is the closest thing they have to a Ronda Rousey. I will live and I mean, die by that. I would just say that they're doing that because they want Roddy to jump ship. Well, that too. But I mean, why? I think why at this point Roddy- they're just like, you know, you want to go, just fucking go. That's what we're it's like. If they want to put themselves in debt, do it faster. Just go. I don't know, man, but everyone's coming after Thunder Rosa. And it, it's just like, y'all don't want to see this woman's match. She can't fucking wrestle. Even when we were on Smackin' It Raw, we were like, she can't fucking wrestle. She can't. And even uh, our friend Matt, who's the host of the show, is like, um, this is why we never got the four horse women thing with NXT versus the main, like, you know, the MMA versus WWE. And I'm thinking back now that I'm reading or seeing this, I'm like, you know what? This makes a lot of fucking sense. And people are trying to come for Thunder Rosa. Well, neither one of them can wrestle. No, they can't. I'm like, that would be horrible. And then y'all would just be jumping online saying how WWE buried them. Like, what the fuck? Um, But uh, what was I getting to? Y'all are coming for Thunder Rosa real quick. And now Eva Leach is on social media. So I know she's one of your favorites. But Eva Leach is on fucking social media now. She's like, y'all really apologize to see her the same thing with me. It's just like, I just think she's sandbagged. And I'm not saying that. I am just saying there's no, there's no skill coming from Marina Shafir at all. And I don't know what happened between her and Eva Leach. There's something that went wrong with that match. Yeah, because that bitch was not selling that entire match. She and it was all over her face that she did not want to sell. So, you know, 
And I think Thunder Rosa did the smart thing by popping her in the mouth for that. Yeah, I watch mm-hmm. AEW on occasion. I love um I love Thunder. Um and I feel like and this is just like what she does in AEW, like and obviously like way beyond. And like just because it's like the channel has like a good relationship with her, and I'm not just saying this just to say this, like part like re- like Thunder does so much to create to help create like new stars and then the next generation where especially with doing so much with mission pro and something that she's so passionate about and like getting the girls like that she has there like a chance to obviously learn so much but them get exposure so that's there's i'm like she's not purposely fucking sandbagging someone who yeah. literally does so much and people don't even realize to create more women wrestlers. You think that she's gonna purposefully like try to quote unquote derail someone? You got me fucked up. Thunder Rose's booking as the AEW Women's Champion is baffling to me. They and her. Yeah, they they're giving her Heyman Adam Cole's treatment, but without the star power of his opponents. So. Thunder doesn't really get the TV time. While she's on TV, yes, more people are focused on what Britt Baker was doing and no shade to Jade, but what Jade is doing. Um, And while Jade is doing great, I'm not shitting on that. Thunder is champion over the whole women's division. She doesn't have the storylines that Jade has. She didn't have the storylines that Britt Baker has. So it's really it's really sad. And then everybody pretty much forgets that she's fucking champ. She is champion. They forget that. And Britt Baker being shady online, liking tweets and shit. When you're being handed everything and everything is working out in your favor, the, the, table's, the table's big enough for you and your people and your man is over there. He came in the dough. Right at the top of the mountain. So you got to end. You know, you you feel good because you, you you get to have a seat. Everybody else has to be on the outside looking in. But you forget, there was a time when your ass could barely get on TV, wasn't on TV, and they didn't need you in NXT. And the reason why is because you was mediocre. You're still mediocre. But mediocrity thrives in AEW because as long as you got the right connection. And you do the right thing at the right time, the fans are gonna ride for you all day. So no matter how shitty your matches are, no matter how 
boring you may be or how overbooked you are, you're still going to be great to them, right? Get out in the real world, though. If you leave AEW, I guarantee you, you won't make it in WWE. And the reason why is not because you're not capable. It's because you're not going to wait the time to get there. You're, you're not going to allow yourself to develop so you can get to where you need to be, right? You're not going to do that because you're going to feel like you already done built yourself up in AEW. Look at what I did in AEW. <laughs> I deserve to be at the top of the mountain. I'm not going to be down here with the rest of the people. It's okay. Because your time is coming too. Because Tony Khan's going to get tired of you too. You're no longer going to be a commodity to him once somebody else takes over the, the, the AEW championship, which namely is going to be Jane. She is going to be the one to take up the mantle of the AEW Women's Championship. And when she does, and she does it bigger and better than you, that's when you're going to start feeling like, well, I don't fit in here anymore. I'm not a part of the squad anymore. It's coming. Jade, Jade literally has everything. She has everything. She's improved. I cannot say that about Brett. Like, yeah, Jade has like a couple of things obviously to work on, but I feel like she has like made this much improvement that I'm not concerned about it at all. So it's like she's just she's just a fucking star. She looks like a star. She talks like a star. She wrestles like a star. She has so much presence. It's unreal. She knows she's a star. I going to NWA, and I'm just seeing like all these women when I'm going to NWA or local indie shows, and I'm just like, there are so many other women out here who are so much better than Britt Baker. And you know what? I'm I'm gonna add this too. You know how we always say if it wasn't for Swole, Britt wouldn't be where she is? That's the truth. If it it's wasn't for true. Thunder, if it wasn't for Thunder, same way with Swole, Britt would not be at where she's at. Mm-hmm. I agree. She was the one who had that, you know, the no standing match with Britt, and they've had that rivalry, and they had all that fucking bullshit, hardcore crap, and it was always Britt with a picture of her with a bloody face, or her getting knocked out, or her sitting out of two. It was nothing on Rosa. She was going after Thunder Rosa's NWA women's title. Even though Shannon Rosa wasn't even technically signed to AEW. Make that make sense. And she calls her ass out on it. She'd be like, oh, well, I didn't do it. Bitch, the proof is right here. I have the screenshot. Did you? I don't like her. I think she's a shady little bitch. And I shouldn't see your ex champion more than I see any of your current champions. There's nothing special about Brick Baker. Nothing. And even these, I'll fight that bitch. I don't give a fuck where she's from. I'll fight that bitch. So y'all are going to sit here and disrespect this woman that has built up a lot of women's career. And she came over to help your ass out during the pandemic when you hardly had anybody. So I'm not going to let you be sitting on another TLC wrestler, especially a woman. Fuck off with that shit. 
Well, Eva Lisa has never really been concerned with uplifting other people. She is besties with Tessa Blanchard, so. Hmm. <laughs> That's another circle of Dante's Inferno. <laughs> Is it Nia Jax and Ryback having a podcast and then next two? <laughs> and then Eva Lisa and Tessa Blanchard wrestling each other. Uh, <clears throat> well, I don't mean to get on a rant, but that like would get pissed me off. It's okay. Sandra Rosa is gonna get everything that she deserves. Um, and Britt Baker is gonna fade. Um, I'm sorry. But Marine Shipper ain't got no reason to be lacking no tweet against Thunder Rosa because she can't wrestle. And it's no shade to nobody, but let's just call a spade a spade. You can't wrestle. You proved that in NXT, and now you're in, in AEW, and you still can't wrestle. Best facility in the world, at least one of them, could easily be learning from some of the best. Get your skill up, at least do something. You didn't do that. You rested on the fact that Shayna Baszler was champion. You rolled her coattails. You and Jessamyn Duke were not prepared, which is why when you guys had a tag match together, you guys never wrestled on TV again. And when you did, it was minimal. It was minimal wrestling. You're not good enough. She could sandbag you all day long. <laughs> You're still trash. You're still trash. Into the into the conversation, and she looked musty. Jesus. So I don't oh, believe Thunder Rosa was sandbagging. I think that it was a a boxy match. It did look um wonky. I think the two of them don't have chemistry, which that can happen. That can happen. I think one person's opinion about a match does not always be. It's not always truthful. And to just outright accuse Thunder Rosa of no selling when we've clearly seen Eva Lisa be in the ring with Thunder Rosa and no sell just about everything that she was doing. Mm-hmm. Her word is her word is shitty and it shouldn't even be respected or even heard. So I don't care about that. And um, you got Marina sitting up here liking tweets and Britt Baker, two of some of the most mediocre and one of the worst wrestlers to ever hit the ring. It's a tone of mind. Opinion don't mean nothing. Like, let it go. Okay. He's 31 31 years old out here starting this kind of shit. Well, baby, it is what it is. Anything to make yourself look like a mess, I guess. All right, ladies and gents, we're going to stop right here. If you guys want to hear the Jeff Hardy part where we talk about Jeff Hardy, his addiction and everything that happened leading up to him being um, suspended from AEW, you're going to have to look out for part two, which should be coming up within the next couple of minutes. Don't forget to follow us on our social media at down for the count 19 on our Twitter and at down at D4TC underscore podcast on Instagram. Don't forget to rate us on whatever platform you are listening to us on, whether it be Spotify, Anchor, Google Play, um, 
Apple, wherever you're listening to the podcast, please, please, please give us a rating. It will help the algorithm understand that we are something that people want to listen to. And it really helps us out in terms of making this our permanent job so we can get more content out for you guys. All right. With all that being said, I will see you guys in the next one. And that one's going to be a bit tough. So that one's probably going to have a disclaimer on it, too. Like I said, I'll see you guys in the next one. Bye. Just for clear reference, the Kevin Dunn story was fake. They did use a real Resonomics account on Twitter to validate the fact that Kevin Dunn may have done some inside trading. But as I said, it was alleged because only one report was reporting it. But it couldn't find out that it is fake. So we will not be covering that story on our page. But everything else, rumor or innuendo, we're going to cover it to the best of our ability. Gotta go.